Hi, I'm Margot. Hey, I'm Abby. Thank you so much for joining us on the Anxiety Warriors podcast. We have anxiety and we believe that our anxious feelings make us stronger people. One of our superpowers is being open, loving, and curious with ourselves. Yeah, we're all just doing the best we can one moment at a time, one breath at a time. And we're so glad you're on this journey of life with us. Here's the show. Hey everyone, I'm Margo. Hey everyone, I'm Abby. Thank you so much for joining us back again for the Anxiety Warriors podcast, episode five. What, what? <laughs> we are, this train is moving. Yeah. <laughs> we are just hanging these out. It feels really good. It's been really fun. And um, it's been a step out of our comfort zones, mm-hmm. right? Doing this thing together was easy, but what we're doing felt really tricky. And so that is going to be a little bit of what we dive into today, thinking yeah. about our comfort zones and how we have stepped out of them here and there, or how mm-hmm. we have dove <laughs> off of the diving board into the water, not knowing what it was going to feel like yeah. Um, sometimes. And, and yeah, so like in our last episode, we, we talked a little bit about the nervous system and how, you know, that supports us accepting our anxiety with more love and compassion. And that's going to tie mm-hmm. in a little bit with um, how it felt to step out of our comfort zones and why we chose to. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So I love, you know, first of all, yes, we have very much stepped out of our comfort zone with this podcast. Um, Margo and I adore each other and we love talking to each other. Um, And we were just like, hey, we should do a podcast. (laughs) And then we just did it. (laughs) Right. We didn't let our overanxious minds keep us from going there. Like when I say, maybe we shouldn't tell you this, but here's a secret. (laughs) We prepared for starting this podcast for like a week. Yeah. (laughs) And we just threw ourselves at it. Yeah. And, and I mean, for me, it's going super fun, but you know, it's just a process of learning and constantly stepping outside the comfort zone. Um, and I love, I love this topic. I mean, Margo and I both said we could like talk about this for like hours. Um, but I also really love how it ties into what we talked about last week with the nervous system, because our nervous systems like to feel comfortable and like to feel safe right? Um, When we are safe, you know, we will survive. And so doing new things can be a threat to our nervous systems. And so um, it really just ties into what we talked about last week and how we can learn to soothe our nervous system to allow ourselves to take a, you know, a toe, a little dip in the pool, or like Margot said, just dive right in into outside our comfort zone. Yes. So you mentioned, uh, Abby had mentioned Brene Brown, which is one of her heroes in the last episode. Love her. And you'll be hearing Abby, I'm sure, quote Brene a lot. And um, for me, that that sort of counterpart is one of my heroes, Glennon Doyle, author, activist. Um, she's amazing. And she talks about in her newest book, Untamed, which I know Abby is going to be reading. Yes. <laughs> we're definitely, we're, we're, but we're big into reading and, um, and I know Abby will love this book. I think anyone out there listening, that's, that's a human being should pick up Untamed. So no, I wish we're getting paid to say that, but <laughs> I'm just saying it because I, I can't sing the praises of this book high enough. I've read it four times. I'm sure I will read it more times. It's just that good. 
but she has this chapter where she talks about what truly it means to be brave. And the reason why I want to share this little story from her book is because it really is an act of bravery, right? To step out of your comfort zone, even if it's just that one toe in the water to test the temperature. And so she, um, there's this chapter in it where she talks about her two daughters. The older is um, very much a sensitivity superpower like us, (laughs) Um, very sensitive, very keyed into her emotions. And her younger one is a lot more like of a free spirit. Let's do this kind of attitude, Mm. which I think that Abby and I have become a little bit more of Mm -hmm. in the more recent years of our life for various reasons. Um, Anyway, in this chapter, they wanted to get their ears pierced. The younger daughter hopped into the chair like, yes, lady, let's do this. I'm ready. (laughs) And even though she cried a little bit when she was getting the ears pierced, she wiped her tears and she didn't, she wasn't bawling or anything. She just kind of like dealt with it. And she, she handled it really well for um, not that old of a kid. And so the whole time, the older daughter was kind of just watching and taking it in, right? Which sometimes us anxiety warriors prefer to do, mm-hmm. see how a situation is playing out for another person and, and, you know, gain information from what's happening. And so as her older daughter was watching, she didn't really feel ready anymore. And when she expressed that to the ear piercer, the lady was like, oh, come on, be brave like your little sister. Oh, <laughs> right. And so, you know, Glennon talks about in her book how this really triggered her. She didn't say anything in the moment, but um, her daughter held held true to herself and just said, I'm not ready today. Mm. Right? So that was amazing. Eh? And so when they got in the car, um, Glennon told her later on, right, when they got in the car to go home, that actually what she did was brave yeah. and that she had made the brave choice because she listened to her gut instincts and yeah. she didn't make choices based on the feelings of her sister or the piercer or of other people in general. Right. And so she was able to paint this in an even larger picture. This is what I want my child to know that being brave is, is looking to your internal knowing, right? The gut instinct, again, going back to the nervous system, that feeling safe mode. And, um, yeah, I know I just felt this so fully Mm -hmm. and I can't wait for you to read this chapter in her book, Abby. (laughs) You gave me chills, like selling that amazing because right. It's not looked as brave being an advocate for yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. And so for her, she stood up for what was right for her rather than conforming to acting like her sister, how the piercer told her to act. And like, oh, I love it. It gave me it gave me chills. And the fact that Glennon could see that and then reflect that back to her daughter. So her daughter didn't feel like a failure. Right. She didn't think, oh, if I didn't get my ears pierced, like I said I was going to do. Right. Right. Going back to my win of the week from the last episode, (laughs) it was like, I said, I was going to commit to this workout. Damn it. I'm committing to it. But no, I, I, it was like, I need to advocate for myself. My body, my needs are, are, is choosing your own needs above anything else is an act of bravery. So, but with that being said, we know the other side of it is I'm, I've always been a proponent of gently pushing my own Mm -hmm. boundaries and comfort zones. It's like, when it's a hot day, right? You want to jump in the pool, but you know, the water might feel super cold, a shock to your system, literally and metaphorically. (laughs) And some days you might be down for that. And that's great. Mm -hmm. And other days you might want to just dip that one toe in, like we're saying, that seems to be our analogy for all all this comfort (laughs) zone stuff, right? Check the temperature, slowly ease your way in or decide, you know what? I don't need to get wet today. Right. Right? I like sunbathing anyway. Like I'm good on the side. 
for real with sunblock. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Maybe with an umbrella. And, you know. <laughs> That's how, you know, we're old ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta protect Lots your skin. <laughs> for real. So, yeah. yeah. So we are going to share some stories about stepping outside of our comfort zone. And um, Margo, you're going to start first with a little one, right? Yeah, it's funny. So we, when we were sharing <laughs> with each other just before we hit record, like when I told Abby what my little one was, she was like, what? That's a huge deal. Yeah. But to me, compared to what my bigger comfort zone jump was, it's <laughs> it wasn't as big of a deal. And so it's just, it just goes to show too, right? What one leap feels like for one individual doesn't really feel like much of a leap for someone else, which is why going back to that story that I just told about the ear piercing from Glennon's book, Mm -hmm. you have to advocate for your own needs and what you need in that moment. And it could change. Right. And you have to be okay with that and saying like, I was okay with this and now I'm no longer okay with this. Right. That's okay. Right. All right. So my small one, uh, well, let's see. I um, went to community college right after high school. And one of the main reasons was because I was just deathly afraid of leaving home. I had a lot of anxiety about all my friends were so excited to go away to school or most of them. And I was just like, I don't feel old enough or mature enough to literally be responsible for every aspect of my life Mm -hmm. without my parents. And at the time, um, my now husband, Adam and I had been together for a whole three years, which again, for anyone that listened to our first episode, learned that we've been together for 21 now. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the time when you're, you know, in your early twenties, three years is is a significant amount of time. And so anyway, I finished my two year degree, my associate's degree, and I took a year off of school thinking, what should I do now? I don't know what I want or what I want to be. And so I worked and I thought about it and I explored. And uh, the more that I thought about it, I was like, I think I want to spend two years away from home. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the what gave me the courage to be able to step outside the comfort zone of leaving my home for the first time and living someplace else was knowing that it would only be a couple of years. Because yeah. to me, for some reason, two over four was a lot less scary. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, Margo, it'll only be two years. You've never lived away from home. You're 20 years old. And I knew I'd be 21 by the time I went away to school. And it's like, you're, you're a grown, you're a grown woman. You got this. And so I, you know, you took that one step. I took the step. I applied for the school I wanted to go to. I found the program I wanted and then I had to wait and I got accepted. And then it was one thing at a time until I eventually it was time for to me to pack up my bags and get in the car and go up to school, new place, about four hours away from my home. And it was a huge risk for me. I had no idea what I was doing. I had never lived away, as I said, and I left everything I knew. I left my committed relationship. I left my friends that were home, my parents who I'm very close with. Um, And here I am in this new place and I don't have any friends and I don't know how my classes are going to be and everything's new and different. That's really hard. But um, I found my brave a little bit more. And I decided to try out for the dance team. I've danced my whole life. And so I tried it for the dance team and I made it. And then all of a sudden I had a whole group of friends and, you know, and so it was, it kind of snowballed from there. Like so many amazing life experiences can do right. When you decide that it's time for you to step out of a comfort zone, even if it's um, a big deal or a little deal, 
when yeah. you make that call, it's like, all right, I, I can do this. And eventually, hopefully things work out. And look, I always knew that if it, if I wasn't feeling good or if I, if I wasn't feeling safe, I could just pack up my stuff and go home yeah. and go to school someplace closer to home. But that was my little one. I know I for know. some people listening, it might be like, that's a huge deal, but that is huge. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's so many, there's so many pieces to that. Right. Um, you know, you said like, I'm a grown woman, but you know what? At 21, we're really not like true. <laughs> our brains aren't fully like integrated at that point. And, and so mine definitely wasn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. and, right. And we're making these huge life decisions when we're still in a sense, children, you know, um, or at least like in adolescent brain time. And I just think that that's such an act of bravery. Um, what did you learn from that? I mean, I guess I learned that sometimes doing something that scares you can pay off in a really big way. Cause there are yeah. some great friends that I've made or great experience and as a, uh, experiences and memories that I have now that I never would have had or made if I didn't go. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And even though I was super scared and there were plenty of nights where I cried myself to sleep mm-hmm. or, you know, really missed the comforts of home. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how it felt. It felt it good to, to do it and overcome that a little bit. Right. And it wasn't perfect, but nothing's ever going to be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it just informs who you are now and, and that, right. You can handle it, right? Like stepping outside your comfort zone, you can handle that. Like, Mm-hmm. new people and all of those things, which <laughs> can yeah. be stressful. Right. And being able to say like, there's always another option, right? right. Nothing's ever going to be permanent right. too. And I think that's something that we've tried to say over and over again in the mm-hmm. last couple of episodes too, is that like the experiences that we're having in our body and our anxiety and our mind, they're, they're flowing on like the wind and like the waves on the waves on the sea. They're constantly ebbing and flowing. And and that was helpful for me in retrospect, thinking about it now. It's like, Mm -hmm. well, even though I didn't necessarily have all of the, again, that integrated brain to say, I'm safe, I'm safe, I'm safe. Overall, I'm okay. It's like, you're in the middle, you're in the heat of something, a moment, and um, you don't necessarily know that it's fleeting, but you, but then it passes and you're like, oh yeah, remember my practice, right? (laughs) I love it. Yeah. And so my bigger one. Yeah. An even bigger leap for me was deciding to leave my classroom in 2015. I had been a, a teacher for 10 years mm-hmm. and I had kind of, kind of like when we jumped into this podcast, it was kind of like, <laughs> I'm done with, you know, being in my classroom. I need something new and different. And so when I finished my kids yoga and mindfulness training, I said this next school year, I'm leaving my classroom and I'm going to head down a new career path. And so just a couple months after my training, I quit my job. I started teaching yoga and mindfulness to kids that following school year. And I literally had no idea what I was doing for real. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And for a long time, no idea when I'd get my next gig or if I'd really make any money or if anyone would even want yoga and mindfulness for Mm -hmm. their kids. Um, And so that was a huge risk I knew I was taking. But it took me knowing because of my knowing, my knowing told me so. Right. At that point in my, in my life, I knew about my, I really understood my gut instincts Mm -hmm. in, in a more integrated way. Yeah. And so I was able to say my knowing knows that no matter how scared I am, that this is an important step for me to take and how teaching kids social emotional learning and breath work and regulation and mindful movement and relaxation techniques filled me up 
in a way that I hadn't been fulfilled as a teacher, yeah. even though teaching was so rewarding and fulfilling. Yeah. Um, I always taught yoga to my students. And so having all these new ways of teaching yoga to students made me all the more excited to say, I think I'm going to, I'm going to leap. I'm going to do this. And so even though I didn't know anything about where it was going to take me or really lead me, uh, yeah. And it was a big one because I went from teaching the same group of kids all year to teaching hundreds of kids, um, all year, each week. And I, it, le- it led me to meeting you. I know. Right. I know. So you leading whole, right. I mean, even just that alone, honestly, and to leading events and hosting workshops and the biggest one of all, which was writing my children's yoga yeah. book. Cause I had always wanted to be an author, but it was a, a goal that I had suppressed because of my anxiety in, mm-hmm. in large part. And because of the fear of putting yourself out there in a way where it's like, it's not just my voice in a classroom once. And then most people are going to forget what I said. It's like, it's in writing, it's in full color mode and there's illustrations and it's my, my voice and my words and my character, which is based on a small version of me, a small little anxious little girl like me, um, and how she uses her yoga and mindfulness tools. And so I was hella scared, yeah. but mm-hmm. it, all of those career path changes led me to find the brave to say, mm-hmm. it's time for me to continue to push my comfort zones and, and actually go for my dream. Right. And I did that. And, and it's like, you're afraid of being judged. You're afraid of being scrutinized by the masses. It's terrifying. Yeah. Again, going back to my knowing, my knowing, my inner voice knew it was time mm-hmm. and that I could do it right. That I'm, that I was capable. Right. So that was way bigger than college for me. (laughs) Totally. And I mean, you, you left some stability, you left security, Mm. right. You left the known to be like, I'm following my passion, right. I'm following something that really excites me and there's no guarantee it'll work out. Right. (laughs) You can go back and get another job teaching preschool or whatever, you know, but like, but you knew that it was time for something new. And then you just took the leap. You left. Mm-hmm. left. The net of free. Yeah, that's huge. I love it. I love it so much because mm. I feel like a lot of people can really relate to being in a job where at some point they know it's not for them anymore. But, but, but what, what is possible after that? Like once you know you're in a job you don't want to be in, what do you do? Um, it's terrifying, <laughs> especially health insurance, you know, a stable paycheck. Right. Like- no, I mean, look, I, there were some things that were able to keep some of my anxiety about leaving at bay. I had the luck, the privilege of having a stable support system that I knew I could have and fall yeah. back on if yeah. I needed to right and during that transition time. And the pandemic threw me into a world one too, but that's, that's a whole other conversation yeah. <laughs> for a different day. But overall, right. Even, even with the pandemic, these life changes were, uh, were needed and it was yeah. time. Like yeah. you said, I, and hopefully people will resonate with the, with that. And just knowing that like, even people with severe anxiety, like us warriors can, and have the capability of, um, making changes in their life. Yeah. Even if it's just one baby step at a time that leads to the next step and the next step until you're in the pool. That's that's it. (laughs) And the water is cold, but it's getting better with time. So (laughs) oh my gosh, we, we just keep, you know, scaffolding this analogy. I love it. Right. The the water warms up the longer you're in it. Mm -hmm. 
Amazing. I cannot wait to hear your stories. Let's hear them. Yeah. So, I mean, just like last week, um, I find sometimes, well, we know I have a hard time choosing. <laughs> like it's, There's always the pressure on the choice. Um, but so one thing that I was, I was thinking about actually, when, when we were talking about like stepping outside your comfort zone, um, is that I also like, I've worked on this a lot, but I have an impulsivity streak, which does not work well with anxiety because I've impulsively done things that then cause me anxiety. <laughs> um, and so, you know, there's sometimes where I've stepped out of my comfort zone due to, um, lack of impulse control, but then has also led me to like some really great stuff. Um, so, so this one is not that story, but, but I just found that there was, so, it was hard to choose a story because sometimes my, um, lack of ability to, to control my impulses has led me to some very outside my comfort zone adventures. Right. Um, but, but so like the, you know, the small stepping outside my comfort zone, I think was, I started creating, uh, uh, what's it called? Practices on insight timer for kids. And I was offering these free practices. And I mean, I spent a long time creating them. I would write the script. Uh, I would, uh, record it. Uh, then, then Dan would help me edit it. We would, you know, upload it. It would have to be approved. Um, and I was offering these, you know, free practices, um, and you know, they're for anyone that anyone that can download the app on insight timer. And the reality is, is that some people gave just one star and it really hurt me. <laughs> I know that like it, you know, I should not let it bother me or whatever, but it caused me a lot of anxiety where it made me not want to create more stuff, right? Because I'm creating free stuff. And like the reality is, is if your child's not engaged in a five minute practice, just change the channel, just stop it, go find something else. Why listen to the end and give someone one star? you can see that this part's not healed. Um, <laughs> but in, but so then during the pandemic, what, what I decided to do was because I had lost a bunch of work and everything was to create, um, courses for insight timer. And I created one for teens and I created one for kids for bedtime. And even though I am uncomfortable with getting negative reviews, um, I also just love creating this content. I had no idea that I loved creating audio courses for kids. Um, I had no idea I loved editing audio courses for kids. So, um, so that was my, my small stepping outside my comfort zone because the reality is um, those reviews do impact me. And although I know they shouldn't, um, those reviews almost stopped me from creating these courses because of my anxiety of putting myself out there. Yeah. I mean, first of all, your courses are, I mean, your free courses. Cause obviously I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not taking your course for teens or, but I've listened to all of your meditations for kids and they are amazing. So if anyone listening that has little ones that need help at bedtime, you can, you know, uh, they're, they're free. If you have an inside timer membership, or you can get them from Abby's website, but yep. I mean, they are incredible courses. So, I mean, I just want you to know that because I want you to know that I've said it to you before. Yeah. I'm going to say it to you again here in this public forum <laughs> because you deserve it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I so appreciate the fact that you are saying that you had some negative feedback, which yeah. we all are going to receive no matter what we do, whether it's out there for the whole world or out there in the room full of 10 people, you just don't know like what you're how what you're putting out there is going to be received. But 
you said it almost kept you from continuing yeah. to make courses, but yeah. you allowed the fact that it gave you so much joy in creating the courses, right? Which is where all the joy lives anyway. It's about being present for the work. Yeah. That's like, it's like when we are teaching yoga to kids or mindfulness or whatever, we're trying to get them to explore what the journey is like and not think too hard about the outcome. And I know yeah. that's really hard. That's hard for us. Imagine how hard it must be for mm. kids. But, and you said a moment ago, it's like that part's still not healed and that's okay because we're ever <laughs> evolving humans and we're yeah. going to be disappointed by stupid people that leave them reviews <laughs> for free, amazing meditations. Like, and of course, you know, that most of the people that are listening are either a not reviewing, even if they love it. Mm-hmm. Right. Or yeah. be leaving amazing reviews that you can really hold on to. And so, yeah. but look, it's human to always look at that one or two people yep. out of like tons mm-hmm. that are scrutinizing or have silly complaints about what you've worked on. Yeah. Right. And I just think, um, I mean, I, I, I love this as a small, because it has, it still has wins in it though. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you created courses that brought you joy they are helping to change the lives of the children that are listening to them Aww. and their parents, by the way. Cause I know you've received reviews about like parents are like, or growing up. So like, I listened to this. Yeah. I listened to your, your breathing meditation. It's like five minutes long. And I'm like, just hearing your voice makes me happy. Aww. But at the same time, I'm like, I know these practices, but being guided by somebody mm-hmm. that's skilled and that took the time like you did to write and yeah. edit and look, it bodes well for me that you love to edit because Abby does all the recording and editing. I sure do, but it's yeah. way better doing than doing the Instagramming. <laughs> Again, comfort zones, right? Yep. <laughs> Instagram is my comfort zone for Abby. You know, sort of the behind the scenes work is more of her jam. Yes. So amazing. I yes. can't wait to hear about your big story. Now. Okay. It's so huge. It's like the hugest <laughs> ever. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> No, I just, I thought this was a fun one because this really was uncomfortable and I did it twice. Um, <laughs> the first time was better than the second. Um, so, you know, I had watched a Netflix video on this practice called Vipassana. And in this Netflix documentary, these people who practice Vipassana, which is a form of like insight meditation, um, went to a prison and taught these prisoners this meditation. And it's a very strict way of learning it. And these, these people in the prison um, had these huge experiences, like where they felt inner peace. And I was like, wow, I want that. <laughs> I want that inner peace. Um, and so I looked into Vipassana and there was one in Massachusetts and um, you have to apply and it's a 10 day silent retreat. Um, but that's not including the like two and a half days on either end. So it's like 13 days. Okay. And when you go there, they take away your phone and you're not allowed to have anything to write with. And so you can't have a journal and you can't have, you can't bring a book. You can't read because the whole intention is to be with yourself. And so I signed up for this course. I got accepted. Um, I ended up carpooling with a bunch of strangers, which was actually really helpful because we bonded on the card ride there. And then um, you, you see them throughout, but you can't make eye contact. You can't interact. You can't talk, nothing. But you're like, okay, these people are here. Like they're like my anchors, right? 
And so for 10 days, you learn the art of Vipassana meditation. And really what it is, is it's 10 days of 10 hours of sitting in meditation and being guided by some audio course. Um, and it is so uncomfortable. And, and it was, you know, terrifying for me because one, you lose all contact with the outside world no phone. If there's an emergency, someone has an emergency number like that they can call to be like, Hey, come home. We need you. But otherwise, you know, nothing going on in the world. Um, and then it's terrifying because you got to be with yourself for 10 days and your <laughs> thoughts and, you know, you're asked to sit and you're asked to, you know, at some point, like be present to the sensations that are arising without getting attached. It's like this you know, very, very intense experience. But what I will say is, you know, at the end, they talk about it kind of like a surgery. Um, and it's like a removing that reactive piece of you. And, and for me, at the end of my first time doing it, um, I didn't want to talk. I had found this like deep, deep peace. And like all these other people are in the like dining hall and they're talking and they're having fun. And I didn't want to go back to talking. I didn't want to ruin what I had had in those 10 days. And it was only until like day, like day zero through day five and a half sucked. But by day six, this something started to shift within me. Um, and so it was a really powerful experience. It definitely changed a piece in me that was a lot more reactive and impulsive. <laughs> um, and it's kind of like, you know, cooled that piece down. Um but yeah, that was like my big stepping outside my comfort zone. And then I did it a second time and it was still outside my comfort zone. And the second time totally sucked. So mm. <laughs> can't even expect the same thing. Yeah. Did you, so when you, when you say that halfway through you, you felt the shift yeah. right, and then it ended and you didn't want to talk or yeah. necessarily dive back into the overstimulating world that we live in. Yeah. Um, did it stay with you? In, in a, in a really serious way in the years to come. Yeah. Like yeah. how did it affect you going forward and how yeah. does it still impact you? Yeah. No, that's a really great question. So, so the first thing is, is they wouldn't let me leave unless I spoke. Right. They were like, you can't oh. leave until you talk because you gotta, you gotta adjust to going back to the real world. Interesting. Right. And so, um, I like found one of the people I had carpooled with and I was like, Hey, I have to sit with you and talk to you. And like <laughs> that person like talked back. And then I realized that I could maintain this, this internal sense of peace while being external. Right. Wow. And so, but, but it, so it's so funny because it did totally impact me and it, and it also like didn't. And so what I mean by that is like about two weeks after I had left from that experience, um, I was driving around New York City. I was living in Queens at the time and um, I had to find a parking spot and I was driving for over an hour and I couldn't mm -hmm. find a parking spot and I lost it screaming in my car. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, trying to tell myself, be aware, be equanimous because that's what they say in the, in the yeah. course. Um, but at the same time, what really has shifted for me is I always had constant unease. I always had like the littlest bit of something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong. It was always hard for me to fully just sit and relax. Right. And that little piece is gone still. Like I went to Vipassana, I think it was like 2000, the first time was like 2013, 2014. 
Um, and that, that ever since then, that like always low grade discomfort has gone away. Now anxiety still comes, right? But it's not that always like, okay, something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong. Wow. That's so, yeah. I mean, it's so funny the way my body has responded to listening to your story because in the beginning I was like sweating and anxious when you were talking about all the things that you were going to be expected to do or not be able to do. And when you said you couldn't have a pen and paper, like, I don't know, that just triggered me. And, (laughs) and yeah, I mean, but then as you, you, it wind up, it wound up being okay. Right. And then it wound up being completely life altering. It sounds. Yeah. Yeah. So that's amazing. I mean, I, it's funny because you, I, I've known that you had done this for a long time now, but we never really fully had a, you know, a conversation about what the experience was like and how it truly impacted you. And I'm really glad I got to hear it. So yeah, it was, I mean, it it was, it was definitely, you know, there's things like just like a very short, funny story is like, I remember like the things you get attached to, right. When there's nothing to attach to, you can't talk to people. You can't make eye contact, right. Like you can't write, you can't read. Like I, like I brought vitamins with me and I would read the pill bottle like three times a day because my mind needed stimulation. Yeah. But I remember I got really attached to making breakfast and it was the same. You only had an oatmeal or a cereal and bananas and raisins. Like you had the same choices, nothing changed for breakfast, um, every day. And so I would plan my breakfast to create the most delicious breakfast. And, and at one time in the plan was a banana and I show up to breakfast and there's no banana and I sit down and I have like my breakfast without my banana. And I sit down and the woman across from me had two bananas <gasps> and the rage, <laughs> I mean, the rage that emerged in me was like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, this is the best part of the story. <laughs> yeah. The woman yeah. had two bananas. Yeah. And then I was enraged. I was in, I was like, and, but, but fortunately, like I was able to see that experience and be like, wow, how often does this reactive piece happen over everything? Bananas include, you know, but yeah, that was (laughs) the bananas made you go bananas. It made me bananas. You probably should have went over to her and hit her with one of the bananas. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I couldn't interact. I wasn't allowed to. We couldn't signal to each other. Oh, I God. flip her the bird. <laughs> you know? But you couldn't draw a banana on a piece of paper and nope. like shove it in her face. <laughs> she felt it though. Let me tell Maybe you. Maybe she felt it. I think she, she felt was. it. I mean, I gave her the look of like, I mean, we didn't make eye contact, right? So I like gave her banana the look, but like. <laughs> you should have been mine, banana. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Amazing. I love mm-hmm. this story so much. Hilarious. And to think that I maybe wouldn't have heard about the banana part, yeah. which is of course now my favorite part. I'm That's, I mean, and that is on. It's the best part of the story. So, so here, I mean, here's what we're trying to say, everyone, right. Is that so much of stepping out outside of our comfort zones can pay off, even yeah. if it's in small ways, even if it's was a sucky experience, but then you learned that, that it was a sucky experience. Mm-hmm. You're out. That's not for me. Right. And that's sort of empowering to be able to say, I went through something, I moved through something and it felt great or it didn't, or there were little things I learned from it, or I can't wait to keep doing that or do it again. And it's not always going to be some grand big payoff, but there are things to be uh, learned from every time that you step out of those comfort zones. So it might be something worth exploring in your own inner world. 
And we hope to hear about some of the comfort zones that you are busting through. And so, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we'll, we'll hopefully hear from you on some of those things. What what are y'all dipping your toe in? What are y'all diving in first in? What are y'all choosing to, you know, sunbathe for like, (laughs) yeah. So we'd love for you to like report back to us a little bit on something you did that helped challenge you, um, or in a comfort zone you came out of, or maybe with the new knowledge you have of your nervous system and how it can affect and how it can be related to your anxiety, you know, think about it. Um, choose something on the scale of one to 10 that isn't too high. <laughs> yeah, don't like sign a, up for but- Vipassana right now. Right. Do a low grade <laughs> experience, right? Um, so do you have a win of the I week? I do. Yeah. Let's hear. So a few weeks ago, we were talking about like when we hide our anxiety, you know, when we still don't disclose it. And I had shared how sometimes I don't share my COVID anxiety with people. Um, and I feel like we all have different needs around that. And after I had shared that and the podcast aired and everything, I was like, why am I still hiding that? Like I already like gave it voice, you know? And so, uh, recently Dan and I had some friends over and before they came, I said, Dan, you know, you have to tell them like, if they come in the house, they have to wear a mask and I will feel really good if we're six feet apart. And I told Dan to say, it because he was the one that was interacting with them, like, you know, he, they were, they were texting and they came over and they walked through our house with a mask on and we all went outside on the porch and we all stayed six feet apart and no one got close to me. And even at one point I shared with them like, Hey, like, like we were all having fun and I could be myself. But I said that I was like, I can only be comfortable being me as long as we're six feet apart. Like if you get closer to me, I'm going to go into my nervous system and I'm going to shut down, you know, and they totally respected it and they were totally fine with it and they didn't judge me. And it just felt like a win to like give voice to a part of my anxiety that I hadn't really been giving a voice to. Amazing. So the win of the week came from something we (laughs) shared here. I mean, that's like literally the goal. That's amazing. I love it. And, and you spoke your truth. Yeah. You spoke your truth and it paid off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You dipped out of that comfort zone, which was to not share your feelings all the time or maybe make other people uncomfortable mm-hmm. with, with what you need, which right. God forbid we make people uncomfortable with our needs. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> which is crazy if you think about it on its face, right? It's like, no, you're allowed and entitled to have the needs that you have regarding any aspect of of your personal health and safety. And it's okay to let people know about it. And if they have a problem with it, then adios. Right. I probably don't want them over anyway. So it was, it was just nice to feel safe being me with setting boundaries, you know, and those boundaries were okay. And they kept me feeling good and we all had fun. Yay. Amazing. All right. Well, we have an exciting announcement, which is to let you all know that our next episode will be featuring an amazing guest. Yes. Our very first guest. We cannot wait for you all to hear this conversation that we have. We'll be dropping hints on IG and and giving you the the lowdown on our special guests coming up next week. Can't wait. All right. Well, thank you so much, Warriors, for being with us. We love you so much. Please find us on Instagram, Anxiety Warriors Podcast. And uh, you can email us. Let us know how things are working Mm -hmm. for you. Send us your comfort zone leap that you took maybe this week or recently or that you plan to take. Uh, You can email us at anxietywarriorspodcast at gmail.com. 
And we would love it if you're enjoying this pod, if you dropped us a five-star review. You know Even how if you I feel about reviews. <laughs> yes, we will be on you about reviews, people. So don't make us harass you. <laughs> we love yeah. you. Thank you all so much. We're so grateful you all are here. You're the best warriors. Till next time. 